right, the 8 o'clock hour is upon us. DJ and PK. DJ's doing something today. I'm PK running the show, sliding over a chair, playing a different role, but still having a lot of fun. This is a great time of year. This, you know, we went through all that stuff with no sports, and now we got everything starting up. And when it started up, when the NBA started up, it went a little longer, obviously. And then it slid right into the start of training camp of college football today. Just a couple of weeks away. We go three weeks, really, from the start of the first games. And then they are on. But there's also jazz stuff to be joining, uh, to be talking about for sure. That's why I wanted to bring on the big show's very own Jake Scott. A stud in his own right, or maybe an emerging stud. I don't know, Jake. Are you a stud or you're an emerging stud? Oh, I've always been a stud, PK. You know that. <laughs> We've known each other for a while. You know, that's uh, studly is my middle name. What can I say? If twenty uh, years, hey, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go twenty years. What now? Twenty years is a long time, and yes, I've known you since you were a kid. Now you're a middle-aged father. I know. But, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, before you start lighting me up, because uh, what a tease. Uh, could I, could I, let, me, let me just go this real quick. Have, have you seen the new show Cube out there, PK? You know what I'm talking about? No, my, go ahead. Uh, my wife's really into it. Dwayne Wade is the host. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. This great show is catching on. It's blowing up. You know, there's some kind of sportsy components, little games, things like that, and uh, I'll tell you what, PK, this thing is going to be huge. In fact, I'm going to make the prediction right now, in 10 years, if if the sports media isn't all over this, people are going to be out of jobs. <laughs> I see what you did. I see what you did. <laughs> Unless people jump on the cube, I just don't know. I don't know how, how they're going to be able to do sports radio. I just, I just don't get it. Oh, we got to clip and save that. For those of you who don't know, a little bit of an inside, but we'll broaden it to a full-fledged joke. A couple years back, probably three, four, five years ago by now. At least, uh, at least. That I was off one day, and he, but I was coming on in the next segment, so I was actually listening. DJ in the morning and what's trending was going on about soccer and how he latched onto it. And if the media didn't latch on to soccer, they would likely be out of the profession because it was going to take over. <laughs> and what do we call it? The manifesto. Oh, the manifesto. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah. And then you and I, you and I, I, I don't know, it was when he was gone. You and I did like a whole show on that, if, I, if memory serves. Uh, I thought about that as I was coming on with you. I was like, I'm going to make a manifesto joke. Uh, <laughs> hey, that, that show, The Cube, is good, though. If people haven't yeah, checked it out, it's good. About. Yeah, 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 and Dwayne Wade's good. He's funny. He's a good host. Well, Dwayne Wade, man, he's a man of many talents, obviously a Hall of Fame basketball player, an incredible basketball player. And we saw him in Vegas, at least I did, in the summer league. And, you know, he was here, playoff games, home and away, obviously in Los Angeles. He's got a residence down there. And so, man, I'm listening to you and Gordon, and I don't know who loves the jazz more, you or Gordon. I mean, it it's virtually like Cam Rising and 
uh, Charlie B. It's it's neck and neck. You two, you don't think that any team in the West has improved more than the Jazz, right? Is that what I understand to be true? I just, well, here's the thing: is I don't know how much I think the Jazz have tinkered, and I think that they're better than they were last year in a bunch of like peripheral ways. If that makes any sense, like. I think the depth's a little better. I think they've got some veteran leadership, a little bit more flexibility. It was that take was more about the rest of the West than it really was the Jazz. I just don't. I don't know, PK. I'm sure you love the Westbrook deal for the Lakers, but the I mean, outside of the Lakers, can you even make an argument for another team getting better this off season? I mean, most of it's just been they're they're the same. I mean, I guess the Clippers made a deal over the weekend, but is that, I mean, is Eric Bledsoe really doing it for you? I mean, I, that that take was less about the Jazz and more about the rest of the West. I'm not sure about the Westbrook deal because I don't know how he's going to help them in the half-court offense. Uh, so Not at all, I don't think. I don't think he helps that. And, and the Lakers issue was shooting, and he doesn't help with that much. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Maybe the Lakers are better, but... I, I'm not convinced of that, but, I mean, I don't think Denver is better. I don't think Dallas is better. Uh, I don't think the Clippers are better. I mean, I just I, – I expected, because it was more wide open last year, that there was going to be more, you know, kind of bold moves in the West, and there just wasn't outside of, outside of that Westbrook deal. So I think come playoff time, I think that the Nuggets will be better if Jamal Murray is playing because, obviously, he didn't play this season. So that's going to make them better – and the Lakers with health, and health is such a primary concern for everyone. Uh, obviously, the Jazz can speak to it to themselves. They don't need to take a backseat to anybody there. Uh, but I think the Lakers, uh, I think Westbrook gives them more explosiveness, gives them another option, and it's up to Vogel to figure out ways to help him be effective in the offense and not just be a spot-up shooter. You know, it was like uh, I, com- I compare the Westbrook deal uh, the potential of how it could go wrong, and Jake Scott joining us. Uh, the year that they fired Rich Rod down in Arizona, uh, but all the other nonsense that he was doing. But the, the his last year of coaching, they had Khalil Tate in there as quarterback, and I think he got in there like uh, first week October or something. And by the end of October, he had like three Pac-12 Offensive Players of the Week awards because he was running around and just was sensational, right? So then they get rid of him, and they bring in your guy, Sumlin, who you thought was an excellent hire, and I'll never let you forget that. It was not only not an excellent hire, it was the worst hire in the history of University of Arizona football. (laughs) And that first game game down in Tucson, I'm covering it for the station – and they're playing the Cougars, right? And what they do is they've got Khalil Tate, who was a dynamic athlete. They've got him standing in the pocket throwing deep. And he's just chucking the ball. And it's just bouncing off the, the grass in Arizona left and right. So I compare that potentially to Westbrook. If you just misuse Westbrook in the way that someone misused Khalil Tate, Khalil Tate was completely and totally non-effective where the year before he was considered a Heisman candidate going into the season because of this stunning play that he did. But making him simply a drop-back passer in the pocket, that wasn't close to his game. So the Cougars won that game. And they'll play the third of the games with uh, the U of A coming up this uh, season. Let's kick it off. I'll be down there in Vegas for that game, covering him for the station then, too. And so if you just use Westbrook as a spot-up shooter, 
he becomes the Khalil Tate of the Arizona Wildcats as a pocket passer, and that's not the way to use him. So Vogel's got to figure out a way to use him. If he uses him correctly, then I think he can be a great addition. And if they have health, I think they're very dangerous. So I think, yes, they've improved themselves, potentially. Well, with that, I mean, I here's the thing do you need did, did the Lakers need another high usage player right I, I get into this I get into this argument uh, about Utah football with Gordon all the time because he thinks they just need to sling it around and and turn into a passing team and I just think that every you know if you're throwing the ball 60 times that's uh, you know how many less carries for Zach Moss or Ty Jordan or, or any of the other just monster running backs they've had there over the years did you really want Travis Wilson throwing the ball, or did you want to give it to, uh, to Booker? You know what I mean? And so with the Lakers, like, ironically enough, PK, you remember the, the day that they announced the Westbrook trade? I think it was Woj broke the news that they were trading for Buddy Heald right before the Westbrook news came out. And, like, when I saw the Buddy Heald deal, I thought, wow, that's exactly what the Lakers need. What a, what a deal. What a trade. Shooting, you know, emerging star. Doesn't necessarily have to be a high-usage player. And then that trade gets scrapped, and they go with Westbrook, who's just a really high-usage player. And I wonder, PK, and you're, you're right, Vogel's got to figure it out. I mean, that, that is certainly true. But I wonder if, if the Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to stand around and let Westbrook let the air out of the ball. You know, I just don't, I don't think that is what the team needed. And, and ultimately, it's, it's the coach's job to make it work. But I, I, interestingly enough, I thought Buddy Heald, I thought that move was, was way better for the Lakers than Russell Westbrook. So you would take Buddy Heald over Westbrook. Would you take Buddy the Elf over Westbrook? <laughs> well, uh, no, although Will Ferrell is tall, I guess. He has he basketball experience. Him. He's played in basketball movies. He has. Um, no, I mean, Westbrook, look, I, I love it that Westbrook plays hard. I, I think, you know, people who, uh, you know, aren't a big fan of Westbrook's attitude can't really complain about how hard he plays. The dude pours his soul onto the basketball court every time he's out there. And actually the Wizards in the playoffs last year, I thought, were a, were a pretty good story how hard they played. So I don't want to just bag on Westbrook because I do admire that about the guy because that's, as you know, PK, is not all that common in the NBA, believe it or not, guys that get out there and play hard all the time. I just don't think the game is a real great fit. I think you'll be fine in the locker room. If you, t- if you listen to Russell Westbrook's teammates over the years, they all love him. And so I, I think that part will work. I just don't know if his game fits. Because if he's just standing there letting the air out of the ball, that just means that LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't touching it. So we'll see. I mean – He'll, he'll play hard for the Lakers, that's for sure, and he'll get others to play hard. I just don't know if it's a good fit. I just like guys who are angry all the time. I don't know what it is there. <laughs> you identify with that, huh? <laughs> Jake Scott of the Big Show joining us. You can hear him every day from 2 to 6. I think Phoenix got better, and I think the Warriors got better. How did, how did Phoenix get better? Because I, oh, they picked up uh, Landry Schmidt there and JaVel yeah. McGee. Don't forget him. Oh, goodness. How could you? Uh, Team USA player. Yeah, he's an Olympian. He's a gold medalist. Anytime you get a chance to add a gold medalist, don't scoff. Uh, but, I mean, those are, those are peripheral moves like the Jazz, right? I mean, if, if Phoenix got better, it's, it's you know, incremental. That's why well, uh, I, I think the fact that you got Aiden now finally showed a, a little bit of a desire to actually compete. Sure. And so, sure. like, uh, and plus he's going into that max deal 
thing. Now that'll be uh, decided here soon. But I, w- I wouldn't call them the favorite in the West, would you? I don't see that I can call anybody literally the overwhelming favorite by any stretch. Can sure. can, can they be a favorite? That would be a complete and total disrespect if they can't be considered a favorite. I mean, and Golden State gets gets better bringing Thompson back, but I, I you know are they are they the favorite because of that? I mean, no. they still need to move Andrew Wiggins. Like I I can't believe he's still on the team to be honest. I thought that was I thought that was something that was going to fall this offseason, and it hasn't. Yeah, I, but I I think that in relation to the Jazz, I'm not sure they got better compared to other teams getting better. You see what I'm saying there? I think it's a I think it's a wash. Okay, I, I'll buy a wash. I mean, I I think that they I think they did some things that makes them a little better. They didn't really the Jazz didn't have. I mean, they're they're capped out, luxury tax, all that. We know the whole story. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot that they could do. I think you know. I think the fact that they signed players that have other had other options, I think, is is kind of a big deal because that doesn't that hasn't happened a lot with this franchise. So you know, no, most of their free agents are if they sign vets, it's because they didn't have anywhere else to go. You know, see Jeff Green or Ed Davis. You know, we just haven't seen. I think. The fact that Rudy Gay chose to play for the Jazz. Hassan Whiteside said he could have gone back to Portland, but he chose to play for the Jazz. I mean, maybe you know, maybe those players work out, maybe they don't, but I do think it is a, a positive sign that the Jazz are creating some place that other players want to be. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that, man. Why wouldn't you want to be here? I mean, I've been screaming yeah. that for a good long while, and I'm going to continue right. to scream it, that these NBA players are sophisticated enough. It's just a question of... You know, how much do they have left in the tank in that way? So what do you think of the Conley deal as far as bringing him back for the amount of money and the amount of years, knowing that he hasn't hasn't come close to playing anything close to near a full season? I think they had to bring him back just uh, for no other reason than if they lost him, they couldn't have spent that money. I mean, it would have left a a glaring hole on the roster and they'd be no – you know, no really <laughs> with no ability to fill that glaring hole unless you want to really move a player that that is good. I mean, I know uh, we're all happy for, you know, around the station that Joe Ingles uh, is coming back. But, I mean, they certainly would have had to move him and probably somebody else just to, just to solve the problem. And you know what? The Jazz are trying to win now. So if you have to sign uh, Conley to a, to a third year, you're probably going to regret it. But... You know, if you're if you're going for the gusto at the moment, then you know, screw it. Throw caution to the wind. Maybe you can move him down the line if it turns out to be that bad. But I mean, I, I think it's something that they had to do. I, I don't think there was really much of a much of an option. And if he was open to it, and you, you got to do it. And and honestly, the only one, the only person with an argument to not do it was Ryan Smith because it's going to cost him a fortune. And obviously, he's on board. So. Um, you know, I, I think it was it was kind of a no-brainer, honestly. So what do you think about having to do this? I mean, no one does it to the extent that you do, to put up with Gordon's stories that always make him look better than he actually is. <laughs> uh, they're great. I love you. You and I both love Gordon. We're on, we're on Team Gordon. Yeah, but Gordon, I don't have to I work did. with Gordon. I tell I tell people all the time. You know what's great about Gordon is Gordon keeps it uh, keeps me on my toes. He keeps it spicy. I mean, it's it's um, 
it's, it's, there's never a dull moment, PK. And you know what? He lets me tease him. So when he tells those stories, I get to I get to make jokes. So he doesn't have to do that. He lets me tease him. I appreciate it. What level of degree of truthfulness do you think there is in his stories? Oh, what? Uh, uh, probably zero. <laughs> Zero percent. <laughs> Nothing about it. Complete fabrication. I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe it, it seems real to him though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, he lets me tease him. I appreciate it. Nothing but love for Gordon. I, you know, I, I really disagree with his BYU column this morning, and he lets me. So, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll get into that at two o'clock. I'm sure. So, I want you to share. You share two stories with him. Okay. One, he insists that he took a, a Hollywood celebrity tour on like a bus or something, and his wife insists that did not happen, and they go back and forth. This is a years-long <laughs> running argument. He insists that they did it, and she insists that they didn't do it. And I've never been around a couple that has an experience that should be shared, but one says it never happened, and the other insists that it did happen. Well, I, let me just say, let me say this: I'm going with Lisa. Well, that's bizarre, but he insists that, that he did great. it. I mean, he is so strong and adamant about it that I wonder. I have, I don't know who's telling the truth. And then I want you to share a story that I had uh, over the weekend that makes me look good. I felt good about myself, and. I went to the Dirks Bentley concert, and you know I've converted to country, and, and you think that that's a sellout. Uh, but nevertheless, that's the way I am now, uh, and I've gone to that, that direction for my, my current music. Still like my classic rock, but all my current music is like 95% country. And so I'm at the Dirks Bentley concert on Friday over at USANA, and I go to the bathroom. I tell my wife, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back in a couple minutes, and I'm walking back. And this is the young gal, probably 25 years old, just smiling at me in the area of the courtyard over there where they have the bathrooms and porta potties and where you can get food and beverage. And she's smiling at me. And I'm looking at her as I'm approaching. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, she's going to say, oh, you're that guy I see on Channel 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. Bye. Well, she's smiling at me. And as I walk by, I look at her and I say, what? Why are you smiling at me? And she looks at me and she says, you're my ex-boyfriend. And I look at her and I said, what? You're my ex-boyfriend, aren't you? And I said to her, ah, young lady, there's no way. But here's this 25-year-old gal thought I was her ex-boyfriend. So I want you to tell that story to Gordon because he thinks he's got it going on. But it's just a figment of his imagination. Whereas me, I have conclusive proof that I still have it going on. You know, this seems like a good moment. I know this has been a big, big topic lately, and it, re and it really should be. But, uh, you know, mental health is really important. You know, if people are struggling out there and, and having, you know, issues, then, then look into it. You know, look into it. Right. And what are you going to do to improve if Gordon? If you're 25 and staking PK for your, your ex-boyfriend, I don't, I don't know. Just You, you know what, uh, PK, I heard you tell that story in the last segment. I thought to myself, like, uh, wouldn't you like there wouldn't be confusion about your ex-boyfriend right i mean you wouldn't be like hey i think that's my ex wouldn't you know well you know it wasn't daylight and so the sun wasn't oh, out okay. completely and i did have a uh, a cap on 
Oh, I see. So, oh. but, well, I mean, you could you, you could tell that she got giddy and tingly there. Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay. Yes. How was the show? How was the concert? Was it good? The only thing I remember was that trip to the bathroom. That's it. The rest <laughs> is just a, the rest is just a haze. Yes, oh, it was man. an excellent show. First concert I had seen uh, outside of Tim Lacombe and his band, which was excellent. But that it was, was fun. more of a cover band. The as first show I had seen since February of 2020 when I had seen Miranda Lambert. Uh, yeah, awesome. I'm glad concerts are back, man. I, I'm glad. I know life isn't totally back to normal, but I'm glad we can do a few things. Uh, you know, concert. I know you're you are concert guy, PK, and I'm glad you're back to going. Yes, in uh, <laughs> in November, on consecutive nights in Las Vegas, I'm going to see my new favorite current band, Old Dominion, and the following night. So that's a Friday. The following night, Allegiant Stadium, the Rolling Stones. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, you and I both saw the Stones years ago, and uh, I, I'm jealous you're, you're going. I'm jealous you're going to that show. When are you getting back on the road with uh, Kenny? Well, he canceled his tour for this year, so it has to wait till next year. Lame. <laughs> I know you're in the. You're officially in the fan club. I know. I am literally. I am literally in that <laughs> fan club. No, he. We had tickets last summer, and obviously that got canceled. And then he canceled his entire tour for 2021. So the earliest will be 2022. Wow. So. Well, the Stones, man. That's that's going to be that's that's going to be a show. I mean, at least when we saw him, PK, what 15 years ago, they could they could still they could still move and rock it pretty good. I'm. I'm uh, I'm curious if they're they're still at that same level. You know me. I've seen uh, I've seen Bob Dylan. You know what? Eight nine times, something like that. And uh, the last time I saw him, I got a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping the Stones can still bring it. So when Kenny goes on tour, before we let you go, will be the summer of 2022. At that time, will we we be able to say? The Utes have won the Pac-12 and either have played in the Rose Bowl, not the, not a regular season game, but the January 1 Rose Bowl or the college football playoff. And since you are our station's resident Ute homer, I thought that would be the person to ask. You would be the person to ask to. That's this season and next season will be – will be, uh, well, not, no, I guess they'll just be this season. Will they be the Pac-12 winner? So, I, I, I certainly think it's possible, but it, uh, I'm going to say no, and here's why. And this plays into another argument that uh, actually the same argument I, I referenced earlier that Gordon and I have. Gordon uh, thinks that the reason that the Utes have not won the Pac-12 already has been their lack of uh, proficiency in the in the passing game. And, and you know what? Maybe that's true. I, I don't know. But I always bring up the point that Utah. I listen to DJ and PK. I've listen for years and years and years and years and i hear you talk all the time about how hard that is to do and uh you know i don't i don't view the utes as underachievers i view the utes as overachievers that they've been so good in this league so far and and won a couple of divisions and that that kyle's formula is perfect 
for the university that he coaches at with his uh, with his defense in the run game. I, you know, you read all those anonymous coaches uh, in Athlon or whatever, and they just talk and rave about how Kyle is perfect and what he's built built at Utah, and that they're competitive each and every year. But but it's hard to win that league. Arizona's never done it. No. Nope. Okay, how many times Arizona State? Uh, what twice? Am I? Am I? I know you've been there both times. What the three times? Twice. Uh, twice um, outright, and once tie. When did Cal? When, when, when did Cal win it last? When did UCLA win it last? You know, when did uh, when did Washington State or Oregon State or? I mean, it's just it's really hard to do. And you're 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 in a league with Oregon, the Nike Capital School, which the you know uh, the NIL thing is going to make that worse, not better. I mean, Phil Knight's already involved with their players, as we learned at, at Pac-12 Media Day. USC will be USC if they ever you know, actually achieve and not underachieve, they're really hard to beat because they've got every advantage in the world. I mean, I, I, I certainly think Utah has uh, a ton of talent, and absolutely they have the ability to do it. But to predict it, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's really hard to do. Yeah, I can understand you not wanting to get your hopes up. I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, you, well, you just told me your sons were going to win the title again, so that they got better because of JaVale McGee. So spare me. <laughs> I am a lifelong Suns fan. There's no question about that. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, Jake. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one this afternoon. Hey, PK, you're the best. And uh, shout-out to Lloyd. Lloyd getting up early in the morning. How about that? Lloyd, yes, absolutely. Lloyd getting up early in the morning. We appreciate it. So there you go. All right, talk to you soon. That's your Jake Scott right there. Yep, Jake Scott joining us. You can hear him today and every day, Monday through Friday, from 2 to 6.